Hello, podcast world, and welcome to 2023. Well, at least this is the first episode of 2023. I am really excited about this year, although who knows where it will actually take us. I ended last year doing six or seven episodes on a series I called Free to Love, and there's a good chance that I'll get back to that in due course. But for now, I want to spend a little time back in the old format on some things that I've been learning and I've been thinking about for a while now. So let's get into it. Welcome to Deeply Spiritual, but Rather Uncertain. So here's my first question. Is there more than one way to be a Christian? Or maybe I could say it this way. Is there more than one way to live out your Christianity? I think we all probably agree that there is. And if you're not sure, just go to a very traditional Anglican service one Sunday and then to a contemporary evangelical service the next Sunday. Then the following week, go to a Pentecostal church and then a black church a Catholic church, and then a progressive church, and finally an Orthodox church, and just see if there are not a lot of different ways to be a Christian. We all call ourselves Christian, and yet what exactly that means and how we live it out looks very different. Or, I'm right, and if you don't agree with me, you are somehow less than. Or even one step further, if you don't agree with me, you're the enemy. Could it be that we are so polarized in our world these days that as soon as someone disagrees with us, we see them as less than? Or we assume they see us as less than? And suddenly we're at odds, and maybe we're even enemies. And isn't that the opposite of what Jesus meant when he prayed to his Father, asking that we would be one just as he and the Father were one? There's a verse in 1 Peter chapter 5 that says, Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. Well, that's pretty explicit imagery, but exactly what it means, I'm not really sure. But it seems like the division, the polarization, and dare I say, even the hatred that we see in our world and sometimes in the church these days falls right into that category. It seems to me like the adversary is winning. Three years ago, when I started this little podcast, I said that my goal wasn't to make you think like I think, but rather just to make you think. I still believe that. Your journey is yours to travel and nobody else's. But maybe about a year ago, I was trying to come to terms once again with why I was doing this podcast. Was it just to be controversial and kind of shock people into thinking about certain issues? 
I spent quite a bit of time thinking and journaling and trying to listen to the voice of the Spirit. And what I came up with was the word hope. And more specifically, the goal was to bring hope to those that feel like they're in spiritual exile. And based on the feedback that I've gotten, I feel like that's happening, at least in some cases. There are so many people out there that feel like they are in spiritual exile. Some of them have abandoned the church altogether, but some of them are still in the pew every Sunday. Some of them are even on staff at churches and some even on the platform every Sunday. And yet they feel like they're in spiritual exile. But at the same time, there are some of you who don't feel like you're in spiritual exile at all. You're comfortable with where you're at in the journey that you are on. You love Jesus. You're growing in that relationship and you love people. Man, if that's you, please don't for a minute feel like you have to follow me on my journey or go down some path of deconstruction. If I seem to have implied that somewhere along the way, I'm sorry, because it's not what I believe. Maybe Christian unity has something to do with allowing each to go down their own road and not requiring them to follow us down our road. So the other day I had this thought that maybe my next podcast should be about the things we all agree on rather than the things we disagree on. We all call ourselves Christian. And yes, there are plenty of things that we disagree on, but maybe there are some things we agree on, whether you're a progressive or a Calvinist or an Orthodox or an Evangelical or whatever label you wear or don't wear. So I started working on this podcast, but I found it was not as easy as I thought it would be. Not because I couldn't think about things that we probably agree on, but because I'm so indoctrinated with polarization that I would think, okay, we agree on this particular thing. But then my mind says, no, we don't. My mind automatically goes to the parts of that particular thing that we might disagree on. That's a problem. I am so programmed to polarization that I can't come to terms with the fact that we actually agree on some things. I say that to ask you that as we jump into these ideas, don't let your mind do what mine does and find the division in it, but rather look for the agreement. Look for the unity. Also, before I get into this, let me say that it is very presumptuous of me to think that I can speak for everybody in Christianity. To say that I'm skating on thin ice here is probably an understatement. So let me say that this is at least how I see it. I might be wrong, and you might disagree with me. Not a problem at all. Just hear me out and see what you think. 
Okay, let's start here. God exists. I think we can agree on the fact that God exists. Of course, we can enter a debate about who or what God is. We can argue about the language or what pronouns we use, but I think we all agree that God exists. That doesn't mean that when I think about God, I'm thinking exactly about the same thing that you were thinking about, but we both believe, we all believe that God exists. So that's our first point of unity. There is this God of some shape, of some form that exists. And if I dare take it a step further, I think we all believe that this concept of God that exists has a character that's encompassed in love. The book of 1 John declares that God is love. Now, you may immediately say, yes, Skip, but God is more than just love. Okay, that's fine. But let's start with this one thing, because I think we all agree on this one thing, that this God that exists is love. And I think most of us would say that love is God's very character. There's a wonderful hymn that I'm sure I've mentioned before because I think it's at least in my top five favorite hymns of all time, if not my very favorite. The love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure, the saints and angels song. But it's verse two that really gets me every time. It says this, could we with ink the oceans fill and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. I get boost, boost gumps, goosebumps, <laughs> just quoting that verse. I think that no matter where we fall on our Christian theological paradigm, we should be able to stand together arm in arm and sing those words, the love of God, how rich and pure. I think another thing we all agree on is the centrality of Jesus to Christianity. We agree that the way he lived his life and the way he died are at the very center of the way we live out our Christianity. Forgive me for using another song illustration, but it's kind of what I do. I often think in songs, but there's this old spiritual that dates back to the days of slavery in the USA. It was taken and modified a bit by Fernando Ortega in 1999. It's called Give Me Jesus. It says, you can have all this world, but give me Jesus. I think of Jesus differently these days than I did 20 years ago when I first heard that song. 
but it still makes me cry when I hear it. Because what was true for me 20 years ago is still true for me today, that Jesus is central to my entire life, to my entire existence. And I think that at least most people who call themselves Christian would say the same thing. Another thing that I would say we all agree on is the centrality of Scripture. Now, certainly we don't all see it in exactly the same way. In fact, it seems that there are more ways to view and interpret Scripture than there are churches in the world. But we all agree that it's important, that it's a central part of what it means to be Christian. If you went to an evangelical church or a progressive church or a mainline church, you would most likely hear them talk about the Bible. Now, if they all spoke on the same passage of Scripture, they probably would have something different to say, which, by the way, I think is the power of Scripture. But they would all agree that it's important and even that it's central to what it means to be a Christian. Some Sundays I sit in a very theologically progressive, or some would say liberal, church. And other Sundays I sit in a rather conservative church, theologically speaking. I love them both. Both of them preach from the Bible. Sometimes in the progressive church, I hear things I may not agree with, and sometimes I hear things I don't agree with in the conservative church. In both churches, I hear things that inspire me, that encourage me, that challenge me towards transformation. Here's another one that I think we all agree on, and that's the importance of caring for the materially poor. So many of us have come to learn that this idea of justice is one of the major themes in Scripture, and so it should also be one of the major themes in our churches. These days, there are so many churches, from incredibly conservative to crazy liberal, that are running soup kitchens or pantries or donating clothes. They're doing amazing work, all run by volunteers, the response of Christians to natural disasters like Hurricane Harvey or Ian is amazing. Churches teaming up with other faith-based organizations or even organizations sponsored by other religious communities is so encouraging to see. For many years, I was involved with the Global Leadership Summit put on every year by the Willow Creek Association. Quite a number of years ago now, Bono was a guest, which, needless to say, we were all super excited about. He spoke about poverty and the fact that there is enough money in the world to end poverty. And he basically slated the church for turning a blind eye to the situation around the world. Then about five years later, he was a guest again, and he came back specifically to say that the tide is turning 
and the churches are starting to get involved in this issue and that it was making a difference. It wasn't that long ago that churches that served the materially poor were accused of engaging in the social gospel. And in their mind, the social gospel was not the true gospel. I don't remember growing up hearing a sermon about caring for the poor, but today it is something that I think we all agree on, and it's something that we can stand side by side and do together. There's a word thrown around in pretty much all circles of Christianity, and that word is relationship or at least some form of that word. The idea being that Christianity is about a relationship with God or with the divine creator or spirit or whatever word you want to use. We might disagree on how we get to that relationship, but the fact is that relationship is a very central part of our Christianity, I think, for all of us. And then let me take that one step further. I would suggest we agree on the fact that that relationship is what leads to transformation. And transformation is vitally important. Paul, in the book of Galatians, speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. It is the transformation or the fruit of the Spirit. It's interesting to note that theologians believe that Galatians may be the very first thing that was written down in the early church. So in the first letter that Paul ever wrote, Many years before the Gospels were written down, he speaks of the transforming work that the Spirit does in each of us. It's something that I heard about my entire life growing up in the evangelical church, and it's something that I often hear progressive authors and progressive communicators speaking about. I regularly listen to a Catholic app called Pray as you go, and the idea of transformation comes up regularly. Again, we might disagree on how we get to that point, but the idea that the goal of all of this is the transformation of ourselves and of our world is something we can all get behind and work toward. It is something that unifies us. Which leads me to my last idea. My Christian mother tongue would express my thought in the word calling. It's the idea that we're all called to do something, to serve the people around us, and to make the world a better place. I go back and forth about whether I like the word calling or not. I think it has some baggage attached to it that may not be very helpful. And also, I think it's probably a bit of kind of Christianese. So the word that I tend to use these days is compelled. See, calling seems to imply that there's 
some kind of supernatural revelation that comes from outside to ourselves. I don't think that's what calling is. And so that's why I prefer the word compelled. What is it that I'm compelled to do? I hear that question in all of our traditions, from the most conservative to the most liberal. What is it that I am compelled, that I am called to do? A number of times I have thought about ending this podcast, but there's always something within me that just compels me to move on. So I keep going. That's what I try to do. But whatever language we use, I think that we all agree that being a Christian means that I'm doing my part to make the world a better place, to serve the people around me, to care for the environment, to volunteer in my church or in the community, to be generous with my money and my time. What is it that I'm compelled to do for the good of those around me and for my world? So let me summarize. Here's what I think we all agree on. Don't get lost in the individual words, but rather just let these ideas sink in. God exists, and central to who or what God is, is love. Jesus is central to everything we believe and everything we are as Christians. The scriptures take a central role and thus are vastly important to Christianity. Also central to Christianity is the idea of a relationship with God, and in that relationship we are transformed. I think we would agree that a critical part of what it means to be a Christian is to care for the materially poor. And we are all compelled or called to live our lives in a way that makes the world a better place and serves the people around us. There may be more than that, but when you think about it, there is much that we agree on. The other day I was reading a devotional by Richard Rohr. I'm sure by now you know I'm a big fan. He has this devotional that is sent out every day by email. It's worth subscribing to what you can do for free. Just Google it, you'll find it. But he did a post on the role of prophets and priests in the history of Christianity and the role that they play today. This is what he says. Prophets put together the best of the conservative and the best of the liberal to use contemporary language. They honor their tradition, but they also say what's phony about the tradition. I guess that's what I'm trying to do here to some extent, although I don't think I would consider myself a prophet. I do spend a fair amount of time in this podcast pointing out what I believe to be the shortcomings of our system, but in this particular episode, I wanted to honor the tradition, to say that we are not as divided as we think we are. The things that I've spoken about are not only the things we agree on, 
But they are, at least in my opinion, the things that really matter, the things that are important. And on those things, there is so much we agree on. There is so much potential for unity. So let's not lose sight of that fact. We can and we will continue to discuss and probably disagree on the finer details of what it means to be a Christian. I will continue to point out where I think the church has done grievous harm to so many and that it needs to make amends and change its ways. But I will also do everything I can to help us see that, to put in the words of the song that comes out of the Jesus movement, that we are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord, and they'll know we are Christians by our love. If you're new to the podcast, there are about 60 previous episodes that you can go back and listen to in between the new episodes that come out. Also, connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. You can find the links below. And if there's a way you can help financially, you can do that through my Patreon page. You can find that at patreon.com forward slash Skip Collins. Until next time, Shalom.